0: Hello, and welcome to our podcast. We are New Horizons Christian Fellowship from Starkville, Mississippi. We are about kingdom family, reaching up to the Father, reaching in to each other, and reaching out to the world. We hope you will be strengthened and encouraged by the message. I'm coming to you from from a kind of a new place. For me and I'm going to tell you some stuff I've told you before and uh, b- but <clears throat> I, I started this year off with a, not the exact beginning of the year but I don't know about five weeks ago a time of fasting <clears throat> at the end of this month there's Uh, a big fat Tuesday then an ashy looking Wednesday that starts a period of Lent uh, which I looked up that word and I forget what it means (laughs) I knew what Lent meant but I don't remember now but it's something that we've taken and systematized and 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 then you know because we're going to do something heroic like give up chocolate for seven weeks. <clears throat> we uh, we have an orgy the night before. So that 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 has its foundations in the church, not in the world. Let that sink in. I find. In my period of fasting, and, and what I've done is, I had pure fasting for quite a while, and then now it's sort of minimum sustenance. I don't say that because there's anything heroic about that. Um, it's not about trying to parade some sort of piety in front of the people. But I, I wanna share a little bit with you, because I'm discovering discovering old things, <laughs> discovering stuff I knew or suspected, but with seemingly new and brighter light. I, you know that lovely song, I'd learned it as a child. I can't remember how long I've been singing. The chorus of which we still weave into, our, into even modern worship. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. What's the next line? The things of earth will grow strangely dim. Um, I have found that a time of self-denial, concentrated self-denial really clarifies that really accelerates that dimming process. People who know me well know that I'm quite a movie buff. I, just, I love movies. I just, because I love movies so much, I watch stuff I probably shouldn't watch. But, but I just, I'm fascinated by the medium, by the art form. By Well, you probably have got a hint that I like a good story, and I find myself increasingly looking at every, absolute every single thing Netflix is offering and every single thing that Prime is offering and who knows what else. I've got more movies deluging my house at the press of a button than I've ever had in my life, I can't find anything interesting enough to watch. I love that kid. <laughs> uh, I love it. I just love it. The truth that comes just to flow <clears throat> yep. and freely. And, yep. And, and honestly, when I first was realizing that, I, I actually grieved that a little bit. That I lost, I've lost something. Something that I really like isn't quite as shiny as I thought it was. Something that was beautiful it wasn't, as, it wasn't as pretty as I remembered it. It's not like it's ruined everything. It's just, it's just scuffed that artificial sheen that draws my attention away from him. 99% of the things around me and it may be points and then another high number are distractions they pull my eyes off of him and if i were going to title this sermon so somebody some some somebody write it down for saucy it's it would be why do we make this so hard? Because that, that's the, there's a simplification going on for me right now. Yeah. I've I've walked with I've walked through difficult times. Of my own, of my immediate blood family and with my greater family the church walk through hard hard things terrible things i speak with confidence that every single person in this room has something he just would not be able to bring out and talk about here we're all we're all walking around with this bundle of of secrets and feelings pain and injuries. And some of them are fresh and some of them are, are old. We don't even know what caused them in the first place. We're surrounded by that all of the time. And here's, here's what I think is happening. I think that the pain, the suffering, what makes discipleship hard We sing a lot about battles, you know? We we do. We sing a lot about that because we're struggling, right? We are struggling. And the New Testament has some some passages that, that talk about our fight and our battles and our spiritual armor, but most of it comes from a very simple, simple thing. The New Testament writers said, don't you know, haven't you figured out, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? He didn't qualify it. He didn't say friendship with the bad world stuff. He didn't say even evil. He said world it's two spheres we live in time space but we're created for something more yeah. we're made of eternal stuff and the tension the struggle that you're dealing with no matter what no matter what it is is somehow going to connect with the question of do you love God, his kingdom, or do you love the world? And and we we have our own version of that struggle here in the West, because we live in a, a, a land of such abundance. An abundance of everything. Abundance of stuff that's good for you and stuff that's bad for you. Free flow in everything. And we've raised our expectation to a whole other place compared to just about the rest of the world. Just do a study on the poverty line in America and see where that stands in the world. We've redefined poverty. And, and, and we all want the same thing. The richest of the rich. I know some pretty rich fellers. And the poorest of the poor. And I've met some pretty poor folks in third world countries. And everybody wants the same thing. The exact same thing. How can that be? Because everybody wants a little bit more. We've got enough Protestant Puritanism in us that we can say, well, I'm not greedy. I just want a little bit more. Yeah, 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 yeah our family income's approaching a quarter of a million dollars, but I just need a little bit more. Just a little. No, no, no I'm not greedy, mind you. just a little bit more. There's things I love that are firmly planted on this planet I love having a home I love making music I love a good movie as much as I used to but I love a good movie (laughs) I do I love this stuff and 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 every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights who does not change like the shifting shadows We did, a, we did a bible study years and years ago, and the author of the Bible study had a little kind of a you know like a sidebar in the in the book we guide we were using it was called the thirty pound Rule and they noticed at the time uh, Southeast Asia was still a hotbed of conflict and they had they had noticed that in Whoever was coming through, whether it was the bad guys or the good guys, and we define that by which side of the of the flag we're on, <clears throat> that that people would would flee terrified from the villages, and and in every direction that people fled, there would be a trail of stuff that that became increasingly valuable the farther you got from the village. It was determined that a person really couldn't sustain that fleeing, carrying, on average, any more than 30 pounds. And as they were running for their lives... They got down to the 30 pounds that they felt they couldn't live without. And the question posed in the study was, what's in your 30 pounds? It's a good exercise, really a good exercise. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I, know, I realize that I'm like carpet bombing here, and I may or may not hit something, but that... <clears throat> I have here's the thing I'm experiencing a peace right now that I want to explain to you I want to help you understand it I want to define it describe it make you want it and then I go and read Paul saying that it's a piece that surpasses understanding. <laughs> it is truly supernatural. And you cannot do anything to get it. One of my favorite stories... Oh, you know I'd get to a story. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament. I kind of like looking at it through the eyes of a man by the name of Silas, who maybe is the same guy that they call Silvanus in other passages. It looks like maybe the same person. Maybe Silas was short for Silvanus, I don't know. They call me Tim, my name is Timothy. <clears throat> and, and I picture him sitting in a dark, damp, squalid, filthy, rat-infested jail cell with perhaps a dozen or more criminals, all of which have not seen a bath for a long time many of whom are injured, nursing festering sores from manacles and chains. Prison reform wasn't anybody's dream in those days. Chained for really having done nothing, he's got open sores on his back. So leaning against the stone wall, because they beat him with rods. I would imagine the sounds were abysmal, just moaning and groaning and snoring and who, who knows what else. It's, we're talking about the worst locker room in history full of a bunch of sweaty men. Perhaps with a little bit of straw on the floor you could hear a rat chewing on something over in the corner wondering if it was the straw or one of the other prisoners. Bad, get the picture? He's sitting there with a guy that they called Paul whose given name was Saul and was from a town called Tarsus. It was chained to him. And Saul was restless too. Paul's, Paul's, Paul's moving around. And amidst the, amidst the sounds, I picture Silas can hear. (inaudible) Give thanks to the, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his mercy endures forever. If there was enough light for him to go, what? I think that's what Silas might have done. Now, I'm being hard on Silas. What we're talking about is what Tim would be like if he was change ball in that situation. Silas, what am I doing here? I mean, for crying out loud, I was a last-minute substitution on this trip in the first place. <laughs> Paul and Barnabas got into it, and they split company. What am I doing here? Well, I got there because just the the last few days as they're walking through the dusty marketplace, must have been a noisy bazaar, not bizarre, bazaar, of animals and foods, groceries, humans, and people selling this or selling that. And and uh, including services such as you could have your fortune told by this little girl who's possessed by a demon and she's pretty good at fortune telling and as paul and silas move through this this dusty noisy See, you know I like movies, this is a movie in my head this 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 marketplace. This little girl looks up and goes, "Hey, those guys are from the most high God." And she started following them around saying saying, listen to these guys they got the, they got the real stuff from the most high God. And you know it's nice to have recommendations and endorsements, but maybe not from a demoniac. <laughs> and and I, I picture I picture Paul just kind of ignoring it. Just, Let's get on with our business. Let's get on with our business. Let's get on with our business. And, and, and finally, his spirit could take no more. And he turned, and he spoke to that demon, and he cast it out of this girl and brought the peace of God to her for the first time, took the voices out of her head, took the insanity from her mind, and took the income away from her owners. And, of course, that was much more important than the well-being of this little girl. And I work for doctors. You don't mess with people's money, right? They got mad, they riled up the crowd, caused a big stink, got them arrested, well, these Jewish guys, well, we can just beat them, they don't even need a trial, they beat them with rods, tossed them into jail, maybe one day they'll get out, done, I don't know, what all was going through Paul except this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. I, I think that's what he's saying, because that's like the theme song of Israel. It's all through the Old Testament. That may be the single verse that's repeated the most in all of the Old Testament. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. I think the whole psalms, that's basically what it says, the whole psalm. Thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Silas was like, mercy. This isn't looking like mercy. This is looking like anything but mercy. In fact, I want to cry out to God for mercy. Because I'm not getting enough mercy. Mercy, mercy me. Please, Lord, mercy me. Thanks to the Lord, for he is good. (laughs) I picture Paul going, Come on, Silas, sing with me. Do what? Come on, sing with me. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His mercy endures forever. I know the words, I'd learned them as a child before my bar mitzvah. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. And I think Silas experienced what we experience when we come dragging in here on Sunday morning and the band is raising the name of Jesus. And you can watch it and kind of enjoy it, but nothing happens until you open your mouth and join in. The heart follows the deed. If you wait for your heart before the deed, you're never going to get there. And so he joins in. And so they send singing. and sing, They're singing. They're singing their thanks and their praise to the Most High God. In the worst circumstances... That you can imagine. But that one moment, I think Silas must have, must have had that moment. Maybe it wasn't that day, but there was some time. Because I have a feeling that Paul was one of those people that you would do this at some point in your relationship with him. You just want to go, who are you? What are you? What makes you like this? Why do you do and say the things you do? You know the story, but you can read it yourself in Acts 16 as far as what happens next. But I want to bring us to that question of, Paul, how did you get this way, Paul? See, he, doesn't, he doesn't really quite say that. He comes closest to saying that in his epistle to the Philippians of all people the church that was established during this trip where he ended up basically getting kicked out of town finally. And that was... They weren't even planning on going there. He had a whole strategy laid out for Asia Minor. And, and Jesus kept them from going into Asia. I don't know how he did it. I remember as a kid, I pictured Jesus standing there like in flaming clothes going, no, no, no. I don't think that's probably the way it worked out. Frustrated travel plans, bad weather, somebody gets sick, uh, roads closed for construction, I don't know, chariot break down. It's something. They couldn't get there. And while they're trying to figure out how to get there, he has a dream. And he dreamed a man dressed like a Macedonian. I don't know how Macedonians dressed, but it was something. Maybe the length of the hem and the toga. I don't know. He said, come over here and help us. And so Paul gets up the next morning and he says, hey guys, I got this dream. Let's talk about it. The reason I say that is because Luke is writing, he's with the party right there. There are passages in the book of Acts where it's they, 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 and then all of a sudden, we, 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 we did this, we did that. So Luke was there, and he's part of this. And what he says is, so we concluded that God was calling us to Macedonia. Paul didn't just come in and say, I have a word. He says, hey, guys, let's kick let's this around, let's talk about this. I have experienced, I I tried to explain this to people. I have experienced the dynamic of two or three gathered in the name of Jesus, there am I with you, And, and, and finding that which is loosed and bound in heaven already by bringing our hearts together in unison, sharing what we're hearing and seeing, and we get a fuller picture of Jesus and his will. That happens every week right here in this building in ways that blow my mind every time. You'd think I'd come to expect it, but it still blows me away. I dare say each of the elders would say the same thing. And, and so... When he writes to the church at philippi it's clear that they have a very very special place in his heart which by the way he started with a woman so you know those of you who really want to press that agenda that's a that's a good one to know because he couldn't find ten men because they didn't have a synagogue in that town because you can't have a synagogue without a mignon and that's ten men they had a place of prayer. Lydia was down there waiting for the Messiah. Then Paul comes and says, "Guess what? <laughs> he's come already and he's coming back." That's what we've been waiting for for millennia. Right? So, when he writes to them, he's 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 writing from well, prison. Can you imagine Paul trying to get a pulpit today, get a job? Uh, Your criminal record shows uh, multiple jail and imprisonment uh, for various felonies and uh, causing riots and, you know, ain't no board going to hire him. And he writes, the most joyful, (laughs) peaceful, hopeful Celebration of faith from jail in the letter to the Philippians. In fact, spoiler alert, the epistle to the Philippians is summed up at the end. So, fortunately, it's not exactly a mystery novel, I'm going to ruin it for you. But in the end of Philippians, he says, I've learned a secret. I have learned a mystery. In fact, it even uses language sort of like the initiation into the mystery religions of the time. I've been initiated into the mystery, into the secret of being content in any and every circumstance. Paul, what's the secret? Can you please let me in on that? And the epistle really unfolds that. It starts with a verse that Johnny referred to earlier today. He says, I truly believe that God, who has begun a good work in you, will bring it about to completion in the day of Jesus. You're a project. You are a project. I had somebody who called me his mentor who turned the tables and taught me many years later as I contemplated what great thing God was going to have me do before the end of this run. And he says, my prayer for you is that you will soon discover that your great work, your great project for God is you. And it is, he wants you. Everything else is distraction. And he's bringing it to completion. He's bringing it to completion. And that's his greatest mercy. If mercy doesn't feel like mercy, then I don't understand what mercy is because God's merciful. If God doesn't seem very loving, then that means I don't understand what love is. If God doesn't seem very generous, then I don't understand what generosity is. I'm like a child who wants cookies and candy instead of meat and potatoes. I want to do great things for you, Lord. Thanks, I needed that. There was a popular song by a group called the Imperials when I was in college. And it talks about how wonderful God is. But the title of the song and the refrain in the chorus is What Now I Just Want to Know What I Can Do For You. You know, the, the, the New Testament and the Old Testament, when they use the term serve the Lord, we all want to serve the Lord you know the word means worship? It doesn't mean bring him his coffee. It means worship. In fact, even the the Greek word, litruo, it's the word we get liturgy from. Our service is to one another. There's lots of call to service, but our servanthood is to each other. I am. He doesn't need you. That's what makes it so incredible, so marvelous, so unbelievable, so supernatural, so 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 amazing. He does not need you, but He wants you. And He'll do anything to get you. He has done everything to get you. Because you can't do nothing. Stand by and see who I am. So Paul has that interwoven in his being. And there's, there's like four key passages in the Philippian letter. In, in, in the first chapter, he's contemplating how his imprisonment's going to end. He says, I, 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 don't, I really don't know how this is going to come out. I could die. I could be let free. I really don't know. And furthermore... I'm not sure I care because he says, I don't know which I would choose. Do you have some weird suicide thing going on in his head? No, it doesn't matter. If I live, I get to be with you. I get to enjoy you and, and, and celebrating a life together in him if I die which actually is better, then I'm with him face to face. I can't lose. (laughs) You know, they say that an enemy who has nothing to lose is the most dangerous. You can't kill a dead man. (laughs) You can't lose. So Paul Paul can face everything that he faces. He goes, I can't lose. However it comes out, doesn't matter because the one thing I want, I get it either way. So I can't lose, I can't lose, I can't lose. So, so in, the, in, in the second chapter, he, he starts fleshing that out a little bit. He says, he says if this is all true, if there's, if, there's, if there's substance to your faith in Jesus Christ, then I want you to act like Jesus. I want you to put others before you. It's easy to do when you have nothing to lose. You have it all. Because I haven't lost anything of value if I've given you everything. But it takes a huge shift in your mentality to realize that. You think you can give it all? He goes through that marvelous poem that Jesus found in his very nature. God. He's, but he's, he looked at that as something not to be clung to, but instead he emptied himself. became a man. But he took on the form of a servant, also not just not like an important man. And then he humbled himself even to death. Not just death, death on the cross on a machine that was invented to make it as agonizing and horrible and public and embarrassing and devastating and humiliating as possible. Cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree. So that God has lifted him up and given him a name that's above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's some pretty good can't lose right there. And in worship, he will not share his glory with another. That's clear from the Old Testament. But he's made it possible to share his glory with you. Be amazed. Let's sink in. Turn your eyes on Jesus. And he goes on to say that, you know, I, I haven't really attained this. In chapter three, he says, his stuff, his stuff turned strangely dim. In fact, he took his, all of his accomplishments, and they were many. He had like a. He's like a, like a Ph.D. in rabbinic law. Studied with Gamaliel. He a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Walked the line like nobody's business. Zealous for God? He tried to destroy the church because he thought it was a threat. All the things that were, make, that were making him a rising star in Jerusalem. Up to that day, he went off to Damascus on his mission. He says, I counted all as loss. More than that, he says, I consider it dumb. That's strong language for a Jew. That's strong language for us, but a Jew of that day referring to all that religiosity and equating it with something you scrape off the bottom of your shoe before you come in the house, that's radical talk compared to the high calling that's in Christ. Not that I've attained, but I press on. This one thing I do. I want to go to Asia. I want to do this. I want to do that. I hope to go to Spain one day. He's longing to see the folks in Rome, knowing somehow he was going to get there. Little did he know he was going to be on a prison ship, but he did get there. And, And all of that stuff, way back, way, way back in the caboose of the train, That was bent on one thing and one thing only, to know Christ, to know him intimately, to be one with him, to become like him in his death, and somehow, I don't know how this works, but somehow even achieve resurrection. Those are the things he says in the third chapter of Philippians. And he gives them some instruction. In chapter 4, he, he tells them to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it, rejoice. Right? He says, quit being anxious. Quit worrying. What do you mean, quit worrying? That's like my hobby. I, I, I'll, I'll invent things to worry about if I don't have anything to worry about. If I have everything I need and then some, I'll worry about losing it. I found wealthy people are sometimes more fear-driven than poor because they're afraid they're going to lose it. And instead of worrying about it, bring it. Bring it to the feet of Jesus in prayer. With thanksgiving. Gratitude will cure 90% of your problems. That sounds unbelievable, but I promise you it's true. Gratitude for what you have had is much better than grief over what you have lost. I know a little something about that. He said, and furthermore, think about these things: the excellent and praiseworthy. Netflix. All right, we're in title number two hundred and eighty-five, and I haven't got excellent or praiseworthy yet. Here's something about Jesus. No, they didn't even understand him. What are you filling the what are you filling the melon with? You see the world, the appetites that are exaggerated the good ones. The good ones. Hunger is okay appetite. Go overboard and it's gluttony. Sexual appetite's a good appetite. Go overboard. It's lost. It's destructive. All of the things that are built into keeping the flesh moving along and going and, you know, all the stuff we need for just survival and thriving, he gave us stuff that's good and pleasurable. It's good. It can easily be twisted and exaggerated, and that's what the enemy does best. That's what he does best. Throw in a little smoke and mirrors to convince you that God's not going to give you everything you need because you don't even understand where the line between need and want is anymore. And it's up to you to get it because he's not going to get it. Oh, that sounds familiar. Did God say that you could eat of every tree in the garden but one? I don't know why Satan suddenly sounded like Jim, but that's an old TV reference only for the elderly. Um, did he really say that? You're not going to die. You're just going to be like him. You're going to have your own power. You'll have your own decision making. You will be in charge now. Didn't he say you're going to have dominion over all the earth? Well, here it go. He said, eat of all this stuff, and then... For some reason, he throws this tree in. Spoil sport, cosmic killjoy, take all the fun out of living. So that's why he can end things up with by saying this: "I have strength in all things." He didn't say, "I can do all things." He said, "I have strength." in all things I saw on Facebook one time it says I can do all things through a verse I've ripped out of context (laughs) he says I have strength for all things from the one who gives me strength that's all it says because he's just talking about, I've been, he's, I've been hungry, I've been full, I've been naked, I've been clothed, I've been shivering in the cold, I've been sheltered, I've had good times, I've had, I've had plenty, I've been destitute. I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret. still feels a little bit like a secret because he, he can't teach but i I am, I am discovering this that most of the things that i've struggled with most of the things i've struggled with whether it's guilt from the past addiction of the present frustration of various kinds whatever it is my misery my, my angst, that, that bubble of anger and temper that builds up inside of me and squirts out when I'm driving down 82 at 8 in the morning. <laughs> it all comes from the question Do I love God or do I love the world? You cannot serve two masters. Yes, I can. I can, well, I'm like mostly Jesus and a little bit the world. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Now, the more you get lined up, and it's just a lifelong process, and I have <laughs> I have not attained. But the saying the yes to Jesus doesn't, I don't find myself having to say no to sin. Because the yeser I am with Jesus, the less I want to sin. The less I want less I want to wallow in guilt and failure. The less I, I want to. See, that all that stuff is about all that stuff is about not having the faith that He paid for it. You're really free of it. It, it it's about our weakness. It's about our, our wanting to do something. Grace is so outrageous, we just don't, we don't get grace. I don't understand grace. Makes no sense. One of the first phrases a child learns is, it's not fair. Right? Grace is not fair. If we got what we fairly deserved, we wouldn't even be here. To talk about it. Our our greatest giant of the faith, whoever we idolize in modern times or history, maybe could get a few drops in the cup and the rest is filled up with God's grace. We're all weak. God's strength is demonstrated in our weakness. I remember, Remember, you remember a Christian celebrity by the name of uh, Johnny Erickson? Johnny Erickson Tata, she finally got married. She had a diving accident, broken neck, profoundly paralyzed, very talented artist, breathed with the help of a ventilator, and she spoke, voice sounded like somebody who was paralyzed. She she did a record album, sang. When I first heard it, I went, she's not that great a singer, after all. (laughs) And yet, and yet, the power of God in her life was manifested because of a tragic accident as a teenager. There's a lot better singers. Who cares? I mean, really, who cares? <laughs> boils down to simply this. Peter, do you love me more than these? Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You you know. You know everything. You know I do. I had to ask him three times. He's asking you today. Do you love me more than this, that, the other thing? The stuff we have is so addictive and so clingy. It just it feeds the worst of us. And I think that's I think that's why fasting is supernatural. If you know me, you know I don't use that word very often. Because it certainly is not natural. (laughs) Fasting is not natural. It goes against one of the fundamental instincts for survival on this planet and this particular period has been especially effective for me partially because of the challenges of recent years and the extra challenges that grieving brings and you, just, you just start not even noticing what's what's sticking to you and what you've become lackadaisical about and one of my challenges all my life has been procrastination. And, and as long as you're making it, you can, you know, fake it till you make it. You can, you can procrastinate doing the business with God that you need to do. You can procrastinate surrendering to him and letting his power flow through you. Do You know what procrastination is, don't you? It's saying no on the installment plan. We, we like to say, say yes to Jesus. We say it, but from how deep does that yes come? Almost all your pain, almost all your struggle, is about your addiction to this world. This is the love of the world, John wrote. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of your possessions and accomplishments. They use the word life. It's kind of like the word we use for living. Making a living. That's, That's the love of the world. We disguise it. We baptize it. We try to figure out that Jesus only said sell all your possessions to that one guy and it was a test anyway so I don't think he would say that to me. All the hard sayings of Jesus. It's a book. F.F. Bruce. Hard sayings of Jesus. All of them have to do they're hard because it goes against human nature. It goes against the flesh. It's powerful. So I'm finding that I'm finding that fasting, I'm finding that self-denial in in a disciplined way <coughs> brings for me it has brought so much into focus. I encourage you to try that. It doesn't have to be monumental, weeks and forty days and desert. It doesn't I don't recommend actually starting there on a practical basis. But saying no to yourself. That's what self-denial is, and it's good practice. And nothing sells like success, because you're successful at that. You can start saying no to other things. And I'm, I. am i i fascinated at what's happening to me right now. I'm, I'm so free. I told, uh, I think I told Keith. I said that one of the surprising spinoffs for me. I've confessed to you many times, that disease I have. I call it traffic Tourette's, when I'm driving, I'm so angry at all of the incompetent drivers on the road except me. Angry, nasty angry. You wouldn't know me. That, that, that guy left my car some weeks ago, and I'm not even sure where he went. I didn't do anything. Because it's all about surrender. It's given in. Feel like giving up? Well, it's about time. So simply Jesus. We use that phrase a lot here since the since we moved into this building. Simply Jesus has been a theme. It was on our Facebook for is it still on our Facebook? Does it say that? I don't know if it does or not. But it used to. <sighs> Do you love him or not? I'm going to have a band come back up. I want to sing that song. It's simple. It's simple. Jesus, we love you. We adore you. We love you. And it's not just, ooh, I got a good feeling about you because you're really kind of cool. Or admirable or, or all of that stuff. He is. Absolutely, he is. In fact, if you want to think of the things that are, that are excellent and praiseworthy, there's nothing tops him. But let that come from your heart in a way that's going to turn down the lights on everything else in your world. Because none of the things in this world have light of their own. They're just shiny things that reflect other light. And they will dazzle you. They will hypnotize you. They will distract you. And you will have these moments when you suddenly realize, oh my goodness, I thought I loved Jesus more than that. And that's okay, because that's probably the Holy Spirit saying, hey, do you love me more than these? Do you? So let's stand together. And let's just sing to Jesus. Let's just tell him, after what he's done, what he's doing and what he's promised to bring. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, mind has not comprehended what God has prepared for those he loves. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes. If you would like to learn more about New Horizons Christian Fellowship, And if you enjoyed the music, then please visit the links in the description to learn more. Thank you for listening, and remember, the service begins now.